Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Gateway Rescue Mission, meeting the physical and spiritual needs of the homeless right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Check us out at www.gatewaymission.org. What is up on a Wednesday? I am Brian Scott Rippey. My co-conspirator, as always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Wednesday, July 3rd edition of the Rebel Report podcast. It's uh, middle of summer. It's been a tough week for England. Uh, I think it's only going to get tougher. Um, interesting show today. I believe we said we'd talk about what not to do on the 4th of July. Maybe just not what to do with fireworks. Uh, sure, 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 sure. Ole Miss got another commitment in football. Um there's some other just general sports stuff that I'd kind of like to touch on. It's kind of that time of year where you're just going to kind of go around the, uh, you know, hot take potluck and just kind of take whatever. Um, yeah. So, what's up, man? You're at the beach. Man. Yeah, so I, I just, you might have heard me drop some uh, some colorful language right before the podcast. Apparently, leaving Legos out is still a thing. So, we're staying at an Airbnb, and yeah, I just absolutely crushed a lego getting up right before we started to record yeah that's tough what uh what uh what beach orange orange oh okay that's pretty sweet i uh i hadn't been to the beach in quite a while it's been about two years um so yeah, i reckon this is fourth of july plans yeah 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 and then uh, i think we'll head home saturday-ish or so sunday i don't know nice i uh yeah, I didn't. I didn't really plan out Fourth of July at all. I might go home. I might. Or I might go to Jackson. Excuse me. I keep saying. You, home. Y'all, y'all don't have a show on the fourth, do you? Uh, no, we did not. We have one on the fifth. I like could have taken off work. I still might. I just. I never. Once I did like the trip to Atlanta last week, I just really never got to Fourth of July. Like it just kind of crept up <laughs> on me. I was like, oh, it's this week. You um, should just took the whole week, Rip. Yeah, I know. Like I should have. I should have waited a week and done it. Cause then if I'd have taken this Friday off, I could have like literally had like a five day weekend. But whatever. It's a three hour radio show. I will. Uh, I will survive. It's not like I had any big plans anyway. Honestly, a a Fourth of July around Oxford kind of sucks. There's not a whole lot going on. Well, okay. There's two ways to look at that. It kind of sucks because there's not a whole lot going on, and it's kind of nice because there's not a whole lot going on. So nobody's there. Yeah, no, that's fair. But I feel like that's the case for the whole summer. Like I just like there's no like. I mean, you can go to Sardis, but like, I don't know anyone with a boat around here. Basically, what I did when I decided whether I was going to go home to Jackson or not was make uh, a list of friends that had a boat. Just call them up, see what's up. Um, and they were all at Jackson. Yeah, see what see what kind of plans they had. So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any huge plans. Might shoot some fireworks. Definitely going to uh, enjoy the day, though. So, I don't really know where to, where should we start. I guess we should. Oh, Olvis got a commitment. They did. They're uh, yeah. what? That's twenty-one commitments now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or star had a good offer list, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Can't remember his name though. So it seems problematic. Well, so I'm I'm more curious. I guess I'll put it start this way: is now they're at twenty-one commitments. Where's the attrition going to come from? That might be something I might work on in the next couple of weeks. Anyway, we should we we did this backwards. So. <laughs> it, it Ole Miss got a commitment from D.R.A. McDonald. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Again, we don't Murfreesboro, get Tennessee. Yeah, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. That is the home of uh, former home of Kermit Davis and Middle Tennessee State. Eat it, Middle Tennessee. Um. Yeah. So he committed to uh, he committed Ole Miss on Tuesday uh, via YouTube video, I believe. Oh, that's that's new. Wow. Yeah. At least he wasn't jumping out of a plane, but I believe he's at the he's going to participate. That worked out well last time. Yeah, I know. Uh, shout out Deontay Anderson. That was uh, that's that's a tough scene, buddy. Um, 
So yeah, I, don't, I mean, he's, he. I believe he's going to be in the opening this week. He's a long, okay. rangy defensive back. It's the second guy they've added in the secondary in the last two weeks that they really like his length and range. He's six one, one hundred eighty five already. Um, I imagine he'll try to stay around that frame. They might add some weight on him. Um, I mean, that's a receiver frame for a quarterback. Yeah. I think so. This sounds from from everyone I've kind of talked to. This sounds like a kid that I think they like. Once he gets here, I think particularly with with what they're losing at defensive back next year and kind of already what they lost this past year, I think he'll probably play in some capacity close to immediately. Like, I, I this isn't a kid that's going to get the four and red shirt or anything like that. I'm pretty sure this, he, he's going to play. Yeah, no, and, and they need guys like that. They're, they're quietly but surely assembling a pretty talented defensive side of the football. Yeah, they are, and that's uh, obviously that that's mission number one. I know you can't really – like, in – it, it, it's interesting. It's like I always try to compare co- building a college recruiting class to building like an NFL team through the draft and like the differences in it. And like, it's like there's times where you take the best available guys. There's times where you take need. Obviously, there's more need involved in building a recruiting class. But like, th- like I guess what I'm trying to say is this defensive thing was was mission number one. I mean, it, the defensive side of the football is so. I guess I can say is still to some degree so devoid of talent they they that's where they had to start because you know you can't stop anybody you're obviously not going to win in this league and they're they're um they're they're kind of quietly doing that and really have generated you know i, I talked about a couple weeks ago pseudo momentum and them just kind of re- like how schools reel off a string of commitments in the summer to make it look like they're really rolling in the right direction i believe this to be real most all of this to be real and um i don't know they're just like we've talked about before, there seems to be a plan in place, and then they're really kind of sticking to that, and, and it's paid off. It's definitely more like if you think back the last couple summers and then just really how recruiting has gone the last three years for this school, it's it's it, it appears to be way more organized. Yeah, it, it's certainly more organized. I don't think it. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think it took much to get more organized. But uh, yeah, you know, Siski and, and Chapman have done a really good job from a uh, from inside the building, and, and Matt is. I think Matt's a better recruiter than probably people think. Uh, they've got assistants they are really good at their jobs. So, yeah, I mean, it seems that there's a centralized plan to, to get talented kids to campus, even if those kids don't have four or five stars behind their name. Um, I, I think they're assembling a pretty good team that, that frankly, they're going to need in 2020. I don't disagree, like you saying, that Matt's a better recruiter, but I think a large part of that is he's hiring competent people. I mean, yeah. I think that's been his M.O. since he's taken over the job. There's We've talked no about this a hundred times, but he's he hires people that know what they're doing. There's no weaklings on that staff. Right, and then, I mean, you like people talked about, like, with, for all his flaws and for everything that went wrong last year and, you know, some stuff he learned in the interim year, he's hired a good offensive line coach in Bicknell to replace himself. You know, the best coach on the staff last year was John Sumrall, who he hired. And then he hired Mike McIntyre and Rich Rodriguez. So I have no idea if Matt Luke can coach in the SEC and win at a level that's acceptable to keep a job over a long period of time. I don't know how this is going to work out. But I do know if you don't hire the right people, it's 100% not going to work out. And as of right now, he's hiring the right people, and they have a plan in place. And it's kind of – I mean, this program has gone from a just disjointed kind of just clutter to kind of a more cohesive – cohesive brand i guess is would be the way to put it i'm not even sure that's the right word but things just feel more organized and it feels like a more well-run ship than it did because even the last couple years under freeze there's just so much going on at one time and so much noise and so much unnecessary distraction and all kinds of stuff and you know it feels like he's got it together a little bit so i i don't know it's it none of this is going to matter if they don't win football games but 
he's doing everything he can to put himself in position to win games. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Freeze, can you believe it's been almost two years since that happened? Uh, yes, I can. Uh, you can? Yeah, okay. because it's, I've been thankful for every day not having to be around that. <laughs> um, but I, I get your point. It. I don't know. In some ways, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but then in other ways, like because I wasn't there the day he resigned. I was an intern at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette that summer. I've talked about this before, how I had a weird in and out during the whole rise and fall of Ole Miss football. But like, there's some days where I'm like, yeah, that doesn't seem like long ago. But then there are other days when I actually think of that day. That day to me feels like forever ago. Like there's specific days that feel like it's it's been a long time. But then to your point, you know, it, it doesn't feel like a long time when you, I guess you kind of think about it in the grand scheme of things. But there are just certain days and certain events. Like how long ago does that Florida State game seem? Oh, wow. Well, I mean... You see what I mean? Like, it's it's very weird. Like, there's some moments that feel like it was literally ages ago and others where it's like, okay, like, it feels like he just left. Yeah, no, I, I completely get what you're saying. It's just, wow, that was a ride. It was funny because it was like a whole week leading up to it because everybody, like, that knew kind of anything, knew that something was out there and that and the, it, the closer you got to time, you kind of knew what it was. You're like, wow, when is this bombshell going to drop? And then, God forbid... Well, when he filibustered SEC media days, there was a collection of national media that kind of had most of the story and had an idea. And then, of course, the next week, you know, it 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 drops. They fire him right before it drops. I have no idea why we're rehashing this, but yeah, it uh, <laughs> it happened. That was that was nuts. Yeah. Um. What are the odds that happens again at Liberty? <laughs> None, because I don't know if you uh, know this. Liberty's uh. Liberty's good about covering stuff up. Uh, yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of jokes to be made here. I'm just going to say it's a good fit for you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the Ole Miss, I almost got another commitment that's 21 in the class. Um, I think what I, I, I would, if you're listening, I would, I would say one thing to watch for is obviously they're kind of trying to save room with for some big fish. And, you know, you'll have some roster attrition and add and drop a scholarship here or there but I just wonder where the attrition is going to come from among the kids they have now I think if you go through you can probably get an idea um but that'll be kind of interesting to watch play out because you know you're still a long way from home I mean you're you're what I mean or even with the early signing period in December you still got a long way to go so it'll be interesting to see kind of where they where they reserve room for the some of their bigger biggest targets down the stretch and and things like that. So, and a lot of these kids, it's not a done deal. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the kid that comes to mind to me is like Willie Gay. Like, he was an old Miss commitment, and then, you know, the last two months it appeared very evident he was heading to state. No, yeah, you're completely right. It's uh, it's a long way from home. Like you said, they've got, they've got guys that, uh, that they're going to hold spots for. But, you know, the, the attrition thing is, is kind of weird because that attrition can come from inside your own current team. Yeah, that's um, kind of more what I was talking about. Um, yeah, like I mean, I don't necessarily think they're going to try to recruit. Yeah, I would agree. So I don't know. That's going to be kind of interesting to watch for. Um, so that's about all I got on that. Um, so another thing we've been kind of doing on the radio show is creating an all Mississippi football team, and boy, has it made some people mad online. Um, <laughs> So basically what I, – I can't – we had a production – we had a meeting last week about stuff we wanted to do for the summer and leading into football season and just radio show segment type stuff. And I don't remember whose idea this was, so if Hey Dad, Borky, or Richard, by off chance, are listening, if I don't credit you, sorry. I'll just say it was my idea. Um, so what we were, we were going to do was, uh, was make an all-Mississippi team. 
and basically just we pick the four finalists and for at each position and then a Twitter poll um, determines like who who makes the first and second team so it'll be like a two deep type of thing so like right. you come up with four finalists and man we've gotten we've gone through quarterback and running back and it has made people very upset <laughs> bad on the internet uh yes very very much bad on the internet uh yeah uh people people are quite upset um so basically <laughs> what happened with the uh so i guess with quarterback we got it to Archie, Dak, Eli, and... Steve McNair? Yes, Steve McNair. That's exactly who it was. And, you know, immediately... Mistake number one, I get the exercise we're trying to do, but mistake number one was putting it to a Twitter poll because that's the classic <laughs> thing that people try to act like is science and it's just, it's just not. Um... You mean to tell me that maybe some Mississippi State fans voted Dak over Steve McNair? Dak won it, and Ole Miss yeah. fans were mad because they thought we made them split the boat by having two quarterbacks on there. State Not fans were mad because Archie being on there really upset them. I I don't know why. Um, and then, of course, Southern Miss fans were probably the maddest because we left off Far. Brett Favre, which... I don't necessarily agree, disagree. I don't have a strong opinion one way or another. But comparatively, as far as college numbers, Favre was good. But, like, we're not basing it off anything NFL-wise. And people couldn't get that through their head. I'm um, just sitting here thinking, you know what's wild? Is if you did this for quarterback, running back, and receiver, none, none of the winners should be SEC players. They should all be SWAC players. It should be Steve McNair, Walter Payton, and, and Jerry Rice. Yes. More than likely. <laughs> But, like, if you're picking it, you're right. It's Steve McNair and Walter Payton. Yeah, obviously Jerry Rice is going to be on there as well. Um, which is, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's interesting. But, you know, when you have a two deep and four finalists, it gets, like, very contentious. So that's all a long-winded way of saying uh, it's a long, long con conspiracy theory that we orchestrated in the meeting to make every fan base mad. But if we were to do an Ole Miss one, what would it be? So I guess we'll go... We'll do three for now because we're doing receiver, I think, today on the radio show, so we'll get a head start on that. So at quarterback, if you picked four finalists for the greatest quarterback, Ole Miss quarterback of all time, I think three are fairly easy. Yeah, and then well, I think uh, I'll see all four is probably pretty obvious, right? Yeah, you got, you got the, the three obvious ones and then probably Robert Lane. And Robert Lane? <laughs> I said Ethan <laughs> Flat on the radio show the other day just to kind of ease the tension. Um, <laughs> Zach Stout. So I like yeah, honestly, the mo that's what I, that's exactly what I said on the radio show. That I was like, this would be way more fun if we did the worst. Um, <laughs> so the best is obvious. It's Chad Kelly, Eli Manning, Archie, and Jake Gibbs. I can't even really think of anyone else. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I could I could make a case for Patrick, but yeah. Who? Stuart Patrick. Uh, yeah, that's fair. It's just I don't know. Those names jump out, and then honestly. This will probably make some people mad, but I think I'd go Chad Kelly over everyone. Uh, yeah, Chad Kelly would be – I was kind of surprised Chad did get it, the nominations over Eli or Archie. He did originally, but, you know, Archie's name and Archie, what he did back in the day. And it's hard to compare numbers because of different errors yeah, and stuff. Sure. And that's why I hate debates like this because you're like, well, Archie only threw for X yards or ran for X yards. It's like, well, they're running the wing T part of the time. The forward like, pass just came in. Yeah, and then, like, what would Eli do in Chad Kelly's offense? Probably not the same thing because he can't run. I hate these type of arguments, but that would be my yeah. four finalists. I'd probably e pick Eli, Chad Kelly. 
the Chad Kelly to Eli argument isn't even about offense to me. It's that Chad Kelly had Laquan Treadwell and, and all those dudes, and, and Eli, well, he didn't. Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, Chris Collins might guess be pretty good, but not not the same level. Yeah, but, yeah. I get your point, though. Um, But, sidebar, the more fun thing, who would be the worst? Who we're going to piss people off. I don't care. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, I'm going to go Ethan Flat as a nominee. Okay, uh, boy, Stout's not on there for me because that team was just so bad around him. That'd be Zach uh, Stout? Yeah. Um, Nate Stanley? Yeah, he wasn't great. Yeah, that's a word for it. Um, See, so you're getting back into the 90s because they've been pretty good. Yeah, like, like, you know, you had the Romero Millers, then the Eli, right? Good. They were good for a while. Um, yeah, Eli was good. Michael Spurlock? He was okay. Yeah, Spock was fine. It was just that Cutcliffe didn't let him do what he needed to do. My um, favorite was that. No, so the, oh, Cutcliffe's last year is when they went Ethan Flat, Michael Spurlock, and Robert Lane. They had a three yeah, quarterback. Three headed monster. Have we seen that since? I don't think anybody, any team's ever tried that. There might be a reason. Three headed monster. Yeah, three quarterbacks. What? How? How many games into the season do they do that? I can't remember. It was a long. I'm not sure, time. but Orgeron tried it the next year, if I remember correctly. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe it was mostly Spurlock uh, Cutcliffe's last year, and and maybe it was Orgeron that tried all three. Hell, I don't remember. Those were those were. Some, I think they both tried all three. Those were some interesting. Well, at one point, Robert Lane was a tight end. He he was a tight end, and then a quarterback, and then a tight end, and then a quarterback. I think. <laughs> well, I, I do know this: when Cutcliffe, because Cutcliffe didn't know he was getting fired. I know after the '04 Egg Bowl, uh, Cutcliffe told that I know this for hundred fact. He told uh, Lane that they were going to go to the spread offense and he was going to be his quarterback going into 05, and then they fired him. And then Ed Orgeron came in and ran pro-style offense, and the rest is history. (laughs) So I was being somewhat tongue-in-cheek with the worst one, but there were some – Houston Nutt and uh, Ed Orgeron offered us some decent nominees in those mid-2000 years. Uh, Not sure how much that is on the kids or how much that is on the coaches – you decide. Uh, running back is actually be interesting. I would go obviously Deuce. Deuce Dex. Um, yeah, and then forgive me for forgetting the gentleman's name in the forties. Um, we had we discussed him for running back on the show yesterday. He's an Ole Miss guy. Well before I was alive. This is nineteen forties, nineteen fifties something. Um, what you even thought of? Let's just go modern era to say to yeah. Okay. Um, Honestly, I think I'd put Ben Jarvis Green Ellis on there. I was just going to say that uh, John Avery could be in the conversation, too. Yeah, no, I think he's got to be on there. So that's three? Well, I got four. Dex, Deuce, John Avery, and Green Ellis. Why do, so does Dexter count? Does he use enough straight out of the backfield? Well, I think he's probably gotta, he's so. He's got to count somewhere, though, right? Because like, if you just say he's a receiver or a running back, he's not going to probably make your list. But if you combine him and make him both, he should make a list. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. So I think the clear-cut ones are probably Deuce, Avery, and Green Ellis. Then the fourth one, you could kind of revolve a number of guys. Like, Right. I mean, shit, Walton was pretty good. He was. Walton was good for, for what Freeze wanted them to do. Obviously, we're all over the place with this one. It's just – it's interesting. Like, I, I honestly, I don't even – like, with this exercise, I wasn't even necessarily trying to make, like, an actual team like we're doing radio. I'm just kind of interested to hear the names that come up. Um is there anybody else we're missing? Like they, because they went a while without having like a good thousand yard back. No, I mean, frankly, Jordan Wilkins was really good for the year that they used him correctly. 
He um, was, and Scotty Phillips is good right now. Yeah. And, um, I mean, the lineage at running back past Deuce is not great. No, so they went Deuce to Green Ellis without a 1,000-yard rusher, right? Yeah. And yeah. Green Ellis barely got a 1,000. Yeah, it was like 1,012. No, he, like, I thought he just had a 1,000. It may have been. like, But, yeah, like it was right at it. He was a good back, and he actually had a pretty good NFL career. Well, this has had some weird backs have good NFL careers. Brandon Bolden oh, stuff. Yeah, we didn't even mention him. He was pretty good. He was good, and then he, like, played for the Patriots at running back for a little bit, and then he became – Bolden's be- – I don't know if he's still on a roster, but, like, he has had a five-year stretch where he's been Belichick's, like, favorite, like, Matthew Dellavedova special teams gritty gym rat guy. Right. He was with the Jags last year for some reason, I think. He's carved out a long NFL career. I bet he's made pretty good money. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, he's a heck of an athlete. I'm about to see where he is. Hold on. They had a, that year where they had Bolden and uh, McCluster, and they had one more guy. Uh, I can't remember. That backfield was really, really good. I'm thinking 09 or so. 08, 09 is what I'm thinking. That would have been Cordero Eason. Eason. Man, that's a blast. Whatever happened to that guy? I'm not sure. He's from Meridian. He was fun to watch in high school. The best running back Ole Miss ever signed didn't get in. Rest in peace. Well, he's not dead. But rest in peace, uh, Tate Barksdale's uh, football career. Well, then he went to Jacksonville State and beat Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I think he was actually at ULL that time, at that point, though. I swear he was on that roster. Was he? Okay. I swear I had this lasting image of Tig Barksdale running down the 50 after they got that two-point conversion in overtime just kind of, you know. I don't want to think about that. Um. Okay, so Bolden is back with the Patriots. So he he's with the Patriots from 2012 to 2017, was with the Dolphins last year, and they Dolphins. appear to have re-signed him. Huh, how about well, that? man's going to put a decade in the league. <laughs> and I don't think he's played an offensive snap in like four years. Do you remember when he went fishing? Who? You ever heard this story? I thought that was Hardy in them. No, no, no. This was Bolden. Before before Alabama in 2011. My man just get practice with fishing. If you're wondering if Houston Knight had lost that football team. Just get practice. That was a business decision. He won't play against Alabama. Ben Garrett tells a story of, uh, this is obviously well before my time covering this, of uh, Greg Hardy going to Disney World before. Disneyland just didn't show up for a week. Yeah, showed up to whatever road game they had in a Mickey Mouse hat or showed up back in Oxford. Dude went to Disney World. Oh, God, I wonder if that was under Orzon or not. I need to know. No, that was definitely nut. Was it? Wait. Yeah, I think it would have, I don't, hell, I don't know. Orzon would have killed it. Yeah. Hardy, uh, Hardy is an interesting cat. Now he's a UFC fighter. Yeah, it's a word for him. Um, so you ever heard about him sitting like Indian style, like in press conferences, just drawing and stuff? Uh, yeah, and then he apparently thought he was a ninja for a while and had a big affinity for ninja stars. Hardy's an interesting cat, uh, in not not great ways. Either. Oh, I bet him and AK were something together. You know, he played basketball for a year. He did. Uh, so did Jeremy Parnell. And Parnell played it for four years. Yeah, exactly. And Parnell that would played in the NFL. AK yeah. put more players in the NFL than the NBA. Yeah, Denver put Murphy all. Yeah, I know. Uh, so anyway, we've gotten off the rails. So give me four, so four quarterbacks. We decided pretty easily. Let's just get it down to four running backs. I think it's Deuce, Avery, Green, Ellis, and I'm going Dex. 
that's fine. I'll allow it. I don't like. I don't have this stance like McCluster shouldn't count. He, like you said, he's got to count somewhere. And they used him out of the backfield a lot more in college because he was more of a uh, he was more of kind of a slot ish yeah. like scat guy in the NFL for the right. short career he had. But I, he he was used enough out of the backfield to count more than enough. Um, yeah. should we go receiver today or save that for another day? Receiver can get contentious. That, one, that one that that one's actually kind of tough. Yeah, I actually am going to sit down and put some thought in like right four guys that I think that would uh that would be interesting. We'll save receiver for another day. Um. So what else is going on around the sports world? Uh, they so, really got their ass kicked. They yeah, they did. Kicked. So I don't. So like two like so the U.S. women's national team's last two games have gone on during the radio show, and so a lot of times during the radio show I have like we're talking about it some, and then I have my computer up, and like that's most of the day I like that's the most time in a day I spend on Twitter is during the radio show just looking at stuff or looking up stuff and. Boy, is it is it tough. So this leads me to my greater point. I think I'm done with the internet, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, what's what's see? I guess my Twitter feed's different because during the women's soccer games, it just seems to be a bunch of people happy about the women's team kicking tail. You're not seeing any of this. There was the tea celebration out of line. Oh, or the, I hate Megan Rapino. You can't tell me you haven't seen all this stuff. I've seen the uh, the the tea celebration people from England getting pissy about it, and yeah, I mean the Rapino stuff, sure, whatever. She didn't even play yesterday, though. What well, started two weeks ago when uh when they were upset about them dancing or whatever? Like this is oh anyway, so they beat England. So tough week for England. It all they had not. Uh, we had a, we had a texture text into the radio show yesterday and begged. England's had a rough July for the past four hundred years. Um, <laughs> but. So they beat England what two to one, two to nothing? Two one. Okay, so they beat England two to one, and they had beaten France two to one in France, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's where this thing is. I I don't watch soccer. Um, I like the women's national team is cool to me. Like I like watching the highlights. Um, like I I think they're uh I think they're very good. I I don't understand why the men's team is not as good. I think they're flamboyant while doing it, which I love. Like who doesn't love them celebrating? Um, so. I don't have a problem with any of like the antics or the tea sipping. Do you? No, of course not. I was, oh, I but this leads me to my point. Like, why do people care? Like, if the men's team did any of this stuff, I feel like it wouldn't care. And I'm not trying to bring in like a like a sexism debate here. I'm just like I don't understand like why this is an issue. But did you? I didn't really see any Americans bad over the tea the tea sipping stuff. I saw a bunch of English people pissed off. I saw people saying like disrespectful or was this in poor taste and like it's a typical internet fighter. Like this is why like no one's actually mad about the tea sipping thing. This is my whole back brings me back to my whole point. I think I'm just done with the internet. Like at what point are we gonna start treating Twitter like message boards? Because Twitter now and stuff now makes the news and you would never see like in the Jackson news back, oh look what this Rebel Grove poster put. Like at what point do you start putting the 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 social media into that category? Like, when are we going to stop treating this as real news? Uh, I mean, probably when we don't stop, you know, trying to push everything onto Twitter. Because, like, Twitter, I mean, if you're a journalist nowadays, you can't not have Twitter, you yeah, know? Yeah, I know, unless you're, like, very well established, which sucks, because if I had the choice to not have Twitter, buddy, I'd be out of there. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, it's just ridiculous. Like, it's, it's something else. And I have this theory that because there's nothing going on, like, real now, that the NBA Finals stuff is over, they, the whole, like, finding manufactured outrage has increased. I mean, whether it's the dancing, whether it's the tea-sipping thing, whether it's Megan Rapinoe's beef with Trump, like, it's just nauseating. Oh, Megan Rapinoe. People, like, 
people are like happy she didn't play yesterday. They yeah, I know. Well, oh, oh, that became another internet conspiracy on its own. It's like, oh, was she benched because of her political stuff? Or then some some of the soccer people were like, oh, no, it's because X player um, like defends better, is faster. And then, you know, it turns out she was injured. Shocker. <laughs> oh, people believe. that. That's the funniest part is that some people thought she got benched because of political stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just... trying to win a World Cup, guys. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But even, like, people that cover soccer were like, actually, this is a brilliant strategic move. Didn't Rapino have, like, two goals in the game before? How is that a brilliant strategic move? They were trying to pass it off as, like, actually, this is a better fit. Like, eh, I'm going to bet she's hurt. Oh, guess what? She was hurt. Oh, man. So, so okay, here's for... Here, we'll just play dumb soccer, like, dumb soccer guy for a second, because I don't, I don't know anything about soccer. Why are the women so good and the men suck? Um... Not, there's not the emphasis on women's soccer throughout the country that there is on men's soccer. I but mean, we still you guys, dominate. Do I? We still dominate compared to other countries. Well, sure, but I mean, we put the same emphasis on soccer. Um, I mean, you got to think about it like this too. Like, women have played soccer in the U.S. longer. I mean, probably not nowhere near as long as they should have, but they've played soccer in the U.S. longer than a lot of other countries. Um, I mean, the World Cup and the women's is only 32 teams, or maybe 32 teams and men, my bad. But the uh, the knockout stage is a lot shorter. Um, it, I don't know. There's more emphasis on women's soccer here than there is around the country compared to that not being the case in men's soccer. Okay, so I'm not disagreeing. I, I 100% obviously, I mean, you, you put two and two together, you understand that's the case in other countries and how they treat women and stuff like that. Yeah. That's definitely the case. But there's still a there's still a gap to me that that, that is not explained okay. because while that may be the case, oh, the U.S. men's national team is losing to countries that I didn't know existed. Well, okay, what was that Trinidad and 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 tr- what what was the one they lost to to miss out on the World Cup? Trinidad and something. Yeah, I thought that was a rapper. Okay. Like I don't understand. Here's, here's well, uh, here's another thing too. Your best women athletes are either going to play basketball or soccer. Like throughout the country, that's going to be the case. They're going to play basketball or soccer. Your best men athletes, there's three sports before they play soccer. But we're the biggest country in the world. Or one, yeah. uh, okay, <laughs> that's how we're one of the biggest and the most developed country in the world. I did not, I was not about to squat on the USA's biggest country in the world, but you get what I mean. Like, we're one of the world powers. How are we, like, how are we that bad? We're not, we've had a bad They run. missed the World bad. Cup. There is no excuse for a country of no, 300 million people. Not bad. Like they, they had one bad qualifying round. I, I don't think you can classify in the middle of coaches too. I mean, they they fire Klinsman and they let Bob not Bob Bradley, God, uh, or Bruce Arena take over. I mean, it was it was a bunch of chaos around there, and it just kind of melted. I mean, they went over to Trinidad and Tobago, and all they had to do was tie, and they just lost their head. And they and even with a loss, like everything had to go poorly against them. It was just a bad. I mean, I, I think you're allowed to have one bad qualifying round over forty years. Sure, but they lost at home to Costa Rica before that. I mean, but that's what I was saying with all the chaos. I mean, you're switching from Klinsman to, to Arena. I mean, during all this, I mean, it was just, it, it, it wasn't stable for, for three or four years, and, and now they're trying to fix that. Now, the problem is they're still bad. Yeah, uh, okay, didn't they just get run off the field by Venezuela? I mean, sort of, but, I mean, they're still, they're playing in the semifinals tonight. Um I just don't understand. I guess like it's it. We can get into semantics. I just don't understand. Like to me, that the level that U.S. soccer's been at for the last half decade is unacceptable for how big we are. And I know nothing about soccer, but well, I just know two and two together. There's no way that should happen. They made the round of sixteen two year or in the fourteen World Cup. But I isn't mean, that the that, furthest they've ever been? 
Sure, but it, damn, the World Cup's hard. There's 16 other countries that are better than us at soccer? Sure, yeah, dude. Like, like do you don't think Spain and France are going to be better than us? But they're, like, minuscule compared, um, like, size-wise. Well, they don't have football. They don't have baseball to compete against. That's an issue. Like, that's the uh, football or, or soccer, whatever you want to call it, is the number one sport in all these other countries, and it's just not here. And I do think that makes a difference. We just still, I just, I find it hard to believe. How many people do you have on a soccer team? 20-ish? Yeah, somewhere around that. I just can't believe we can't find 20 guys to go kick every other country's ass. Like, that's <laughs> the most American thing ever. Hell, we were the Revolutionary War, we were outnumbered, and we still whipped well, ass. Well, I mean, to, to put it on a small scale, do you think we could just go find 20 dudes and kick everybody's tail in cricket? No, but that's that's a little different because there's no real organized cricket here. But I get your point. And also, so, okay, another question I have is because you watch soccer. I don't watch soccer. Or you at least keep up with some. So another question I have, why have I, like, why do I keep being told, and I swear I'm not, I'm not antagonizing here. I'm honestly wondering these things because I don't know anything about soccer. Why do I keep hearing that, like, this next generation of soccer players, they're coming? Because I feel like I've been hearing that since, like, it was kids, like, when I was a kid. Why is that, like, why, where have, where did they go? Why have they not come? Well, this, this group Ooh, is Bad phrasing there. Um, I, you I get what I mean. I don't think this group has probably lived up to their expectations. But, I mean, yeah, we, we thought we'd get more out of this group. Um, but, but we haven't. And, but you've got guys like Polisic and, and other guys that uh, – and, look, I'm no soccer expert. I, I, didn't play a, I, I didn't play at all. And I don't watch – I mean, I watch it enough to kind of know what's going on. But I feel like this group is more uh, adapted to the, to the common day of soccer, whereas maybe the last group was not um, – I, I, I get what you're saying, that we've been hearing, oh, that the younger generation is going to be the one that's in school, and, and this one didn't. I think this one is uh, kind of been a collective failure. Um, but I think... Okay, so pe- most people ign- would acknowledge that. Like, this, the, the generation that they... Like, I, I don't even know how to quantify the generation, but, like, this last decade thing, we were like, these guys are coming. They've been a failure. Pe- most people would agree? Uh, you know, not failure, failure, have not lived up to expectations. Yeah. They should have. They should have moved further in the World Cup. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's uh, arguable. Um, they don't even. They, they don't even win both gold cups to get beat by Mexico in the uh, playoff qualifier. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Failures is tough word, but I, I mean, I think you could use it and not be um, you know criticized for it. So, to me, and some of this turns off the casual soccer fan because I am sitting here asking dumb questions about soccer, but I think the World Cup is awesome. Like, I watched the World Cup soccer. I remember when, you know, whatever the last one was, 2014. Like, I honestly like, found myself getting into it. I was like, this is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about soccer, but, like, I know if, like, they score and we have more goals than them, like, like we move on and we win the game. And, like, I got into it and, like, made it a point to watch it and, like, even met up with people and we'd go watch it at places. So, to me, like, that not making the last World Cup has to be a gigantic oh, black eye because yeah, it's like, holy yeah. shit, like, this World Cup's going on and, like, nope, we're not in it. Yeah, no, it was that was embarrassing, um, and, and they'll tell you as much. But I mean, and soccer people like let's, let's not act like soccer people didn't lose their mind when they they missed the World Cup. Like they they called it a colossal failure because it was. I mean, uh, was it what, what's the guy's name? Did, oh God, Alexi Lawless. Yeah, I mean, he's on ESPN losing his mind. <laughs> he's like, saying, what are uh, we doing? And I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's all. He's one of the more famous like internet because it's like, what are we doing? Or no, 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 that was uh. Shoot, that was ESPN's guy. I know who you're talking about. Oh, that's about. right, that's right. That's I don't right. remember his name, but yeah, he's like, "What are we doing?" Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was our soccer talk. That's probably the you most. Know, we soccer talked talk. soccer for ten minutes. We're called we, that's called diverse. 
Yeah, that is uh, that is what you'll get on this podcast. Um, you other more somber news. This uh, this news out of uh, L.A. is tough. Um, yeah. So Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs, the Angels were headed to a road headed to what seemed like begin a road trip in Texas, and he. Uh, he's a pitcher in their rotation, was having a pretty good year, passed away just randomly in their hotel room? That's what it sounds like, and it doesn't sound like it was suicide or anything. So you just kind of wonder what happened. I mean, I guess there was an autopsy done yesterday, and, man, it's just tough. He was scheduled to pitch on Monday night, I believe. Just, wow, um, unfortunate and sad. Yeah, they, they canceled the game on Monday, which they obviously very, very appropriate, and then they, they played last night, and it's it's – not to be like flipping about this, but one of the more sadly fascinating things that I found reading about all this is the people who were on the 2016 Marlins or 2017 Marlins when Jose Fernandez passed away, yeah. and their like advice to them has been really just like chilling and very somber because it's interesting to me because in like if this happens like it's never better to have any other sport. I don't want it to sound like that, but if this happens in like football, you have a week before you play another game like baseball. You're playing six, seven days a week. So even if you get, like, one game canceled or one off day, it's yeah. just kind of right back to it. And, like, I, I just can't imagine how difficult the grieving process is because as someone – and I'm not trying to sound like been there, done that guy, but as someone who has spent a very brief period inside a major league clubhouse, you play so many games that, like, Monday feels like a different world than Friday. Like, five games later feels like a different world, and I just can't imagine what that feels like now because those guys are having to suit up a night later, and they're going to play, like, five more games this week. And I just I can't imagine what that is like trying to, trying to I guess, get over that while you're still playing baseball games. That would just be incredibly hard to me. Yeah, it's, uh, but is there a point where you, to, to kind of cope with it, you have to return to a, kind of a point of normalcy, too? Oh, I would 100% agree with that, and I, I would think, and I haven't read much from the post game last night. They, they so they resumed play last night, um, and the Angels want the Angels beat the Rangers nine to four, and I'm sure that was a, you know a kind of a a very small sentimental moment in any what has been a horrible couple of days. And yeah, I do think to your point that it's probably a distraction, like them kind of getting away and playing for three hours probably helped. But man, like it at like it, 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 some point, like you think like. You would think there would need to be time for just kind of stopping and reflecting. Yeah. That's just not the nature of the business. I mean, they're going to keep going and keep playing. Like, to me, the next two, like, next week, the next three weeks, the next month are going to be incredibly hard. And, I, like, that that part of the grieving process would just be unimaginably hard to me. Yeah, because, I mean, usually if you lose somebody close to you, you can have four or five days off work. Um, and, you know, just to sit around and plan funerals and that type thing. And it's not going to be the situation here. I mean, in I don't know what Major League Baseball can do to help it, but it's just it's just kind of the nature of the business. Like you said, it's unfortunate um, that, that those guys are going to have to pretty much go work every day with the loss of their teammate. And like you said, and there's a lot of downtime in baseball, too. So, I mean, the, the center fielder is not involved in every play. So, I mean, there's a lot of thinking that goes on outside of baseball because, as I said, there's so much downtime. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just tough on everybody involved there. Yeah, and, and like it – Chemistry is so much more important to me in baseball and basketball because you're with each other all the time. Like in football, football teams go to their practice facility every day. They get their work done and they go back to their houses every day. But like basketball and particularly baseball, you're 
at the ballpark every day, playing a game, you know, getting ready for the game. You're on a road trip together. You're traveling together, you know, 80, 90 days out of the year. Like, like you're together way more than a football team is. And, like, that can also probably help in some ways the grieving, but it also makes it a lot hard. the loss probably a lot harder because they were around that. You were, they were around Skaggs, like, a lot more often than a football you know, team would be around their teammates, and like, not that it'd be any easier than football, but man, I just, I can't imagine that. And reading the people that have been around were on the Marlins team and Jose Fernandez. I remember, so like, Christian Yelich went on Part of My Takes podcast, and like, obviously, that's that's a very non-serious podcast. But when he started talking about the days and weeks after the Jose Fernandez thing, it was just very chilling to listen to. Oh yeah, like it, yeah. it was, it was, it was very. Uh, like he, he articulated it very well, but man, it was very, very chilling and very somber. And what was interesting to me, and I think what's going to be harder from the Angels thing, is the Jose Fernandez thing happened in September, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So they had yeah. a couple weeks left, and then the season ended, and there's an off season. Like, they, I mean, we're in June, June or July. The Angels have you know two, three more months of this. I, I just I can't imagine how difficult that's going to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's going to be tough. Um, and like you said, I mean, that happened in September. I remember it happened at the, uh, and I don't, don't ask me why I remember this, it happened the Sunday after Ole Miss had beaten Georgia in 2016. Um, and so obviously that's in the middle of September. The season's close to being over. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's two and a half months of grinding out and you lose a guy that, you know, you had no uh, knowledge of him maybe not being there the rest of the season. It's just uh, that, That's a tough, tough situation. Speaking of Yelich for a second, and there's no good segue from that, he's become one of the best players in baseball. Is this like time to start comparing him to Trout? Um, I the, to me the the whole debate with Trout is Trout's done it for five six years in sure. a row now. Like Trout could have won five MVPs in a row. Sure. Um, but so, Yelich just is his second year doing it. Yeah, no, that's very true, and he's at 31 home runs. So he's on a trout-like tear. Like, they're in the same breath right now, but if Yelich does this for the next two and a half years, then yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, he's a hell of a player. Dude, if you go back, speaking of those Marlins teams, like Jose Fernandez included, and I don't mean to be flippant about that, but, man, the talent on those teams? Oh, man. Like, Derek Dietrich, Giancarlo Stanton. D. Gordon. Luis Castillo. Castillo was on that team? Oh, yeah. The Reds got him from the Marlins. Not on that 2016 team. Or he may have actually been on that 2016 team. But I'm just talking about those three years that that kind of core was together. Um, you know, Jose Fernandez, Derek Dietrich, like you said, D. Gordon. like Real Muto. Yeah, JT Real Muto is an all-star. How did that – how was that team bad? I know they were younger players at the time, but my God. The Marlins are incompetent. Yeah, and then, like, Jeter tore it down again, and I think that's probably what made Marlins fans the most pissed off about all that and then why uh, the decision was unpopular because they actually had a very, very eclectic blend of talent, like a very good core that they decided to blow up and trade off. But, you know, I'm not saying Jeter doesn't know what he's doing, but, like, they were I'm saying it. They were close. He doesn't know what doing. Okay, but they were close when he took over, like, and it maybe needed to happen. And, honestly, I've uh, – I've read a couple of things that, like, what happens if Jose Fernandez doesn't pass away? Like, does that change anything? Because that, that oh, really yeah. threw a wrench in that whole thing. Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah, the last thought I'll have on the Angels thing is that that's very unfortunate for that organization because if you'll remember, they had Luis Valbuena. Um, yeah, they had Luis Valbuena, too, who died in a yeah. car crash. Um, 
in the Dominican Republic, I believe. It may have been Venezuela. I can't remember. Um, and then they had Nick Aiden, Aidenhart in 2009 who died in a car wreck on the way home from a game, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he just called like the game of his life. And uh, drunk driver, I'm pretty sure, ran over and killed him. Yeah, they did. He uh, drunk driver uh, hit them at an intersection. But that's three times in a decade, man. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Fabiano um, died this off season, right? This past off season. I think it was two off seasons ago. I could be wrong. No, no, no. You, I think you're right. I actually think you're right. I think I believe it was this this past winter of 2018. Um, yeah, so that that's unbelievably tough. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope I hope they're able to get through it. That's just a, an incredibly tough situation. Um, I had one more thing, but I can't remember what were we talking about before. There, what am I missing? <laughs> we should have written it down, Rip. I I, I know. I, I I took copious notes for this podcast. Um, what, oh, am I, what, is, what was I missing? To go. Oh, I don't know, man. what uh. Oh, what, what what should you not do for the fourth? What should you should and not do for the fourth? So let's give like three things that you should not do for the fourth. I'm gonna go number one: shoot Roman candles at one another. Generally, a big no-no. <laughs> you do that growing up? Uh, I mean, what kid didn't? <laughs> oh, we got, we we're probably like live by a lake, so we would shoot them into the lake, and we have like dogs that are by this lake. Like you know, like I'm sure you lived in like a. Like a community, there's a lot of houses together, and so yes. all the dogs would play with each other. And we would shoot the Roman candles into the lake, and the dogs would like swim halfway out to the middle of the lake to go find them. It's the funniest thing ever. Um, uh, don't shoot Roman candles at, at each other. Bad idea. Uh, hurt. Don't shoot fireworks near trees. Um, I've been uh, in a okay. group that has caught a tree on fire. Oh, okay. Uh, what about not smoking a bottle rocket? Because someone did that growing up. Smoke? How do you smoke a bottle rocket? You put it in your mouth and light it. Oh, so let it shoot out of your mouth. Yeah. I thought you were trying to like inhale the sparks. I didn't really know where you were going with that. I was like, what are you? Not right my, my man put it in his mouth and smoked it. Dang near blew his face off. Uh, yeah, I've also seen a guy at a river one time, and I don't remember if this was for the July or not, put one in his rectum and shot it out. Oh, my but, God. Yeah, let's not do that either. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, if you're going to consume alcohol on this day, maybe let somebody else like the fire. It was yeah. That's honestly let's just let's just blanket it with hey, maybe don't consume alcohol in excess and shoot fireworks because this was at like a big gathering and this guy did that and I was just like, you never well, want to well, be that okay. guy at the party either. Like don't be the guy that gets so drunk was like oh I'm gonna shoot this bottle rocket out of my butt. Like don't don't do that. Like every like there's probably 15 people on your level at the party that think that's hilarious, but like there's probably 40 other guys being like. Come on, man. Like, what's wrong with this dude? Um, Did you think all the girls would like him? I, yeah, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's a weird move. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. The, the bottle rocket out of your mouth, out of your rectum, that's a weird move. Just, just probably steer away What's from that. Thing, man? Um, things to do. You, it's hard to mess up spending uh, 4th of July by a lake. Like, big boat day. Good point. Good point. Yeah, like you big. Should, uh, you should bet the over in the hot dog eating contest. Uh, always. Did you watch the thirty for thirty on the hot dog eating contest? I did. Not, I did. I it's pretty the, sweet. Uh, part, I listened to the part of my take where the uh, where Chestnut's best friend said that you were all idiots if you didn't bet the over. Uh, yeah, dude. So they they go over every year. I wonder if that's just them getting that much better. It's them pacing themselves. <laughs> I watched some of the thirty for thirty. Uh, so I didn't realize Kobayashi got, like, he signed some kind of contract with some other eating federation that banned him. Like, do you remember when Kobayashi just kind of disappeared? Yeah. That's why. 
So like he so was he just not what? allowed to compete in it past like 2010 because he signed some kind of sponsorship deal with another eating federation or something. So um, he can't compete in the hot dog eating competition. No, he cannot, not anymore. And that's why I think Chest. I know Chestnut beat him in like 07 because we watched. I was at my new house the other night, and uh, I watched a. Uh, we watched like a rerun from like the 07, the 07 hot dog eating contest. And talk about it, what a world. Uh, ESPN was different back then. Jimmy Dykes was the sideline reporter for the hot dog eating contest. The basketball guy was like interviewing both people before and after the contest. And then I'm pretty sure, and they may still do it now. I haven't watched the hot dog contest live in years, but I'm pretty sure ESPN, who was ever was running that production at the time, told the announcers to get carried away with it because like they were calling Chestnut like one of the great American heroes, along with Lincoln and Washington. And, like, talking about, like, t- naming their top five, like, best, like, um, America's best moments in sports history. And, like, the guy was like, Miracle on Ice, 07 hot dog contest. Like, wow. I'm pretty sure they told them to be tongue-in-cheek. I've got your next charity event. Let's see how many hot dogs you can eat in 12 minutes. Oh, man. And people keep bringing up the Pringles thing on the show, too. I'm like, give me a couple weeks, because every time I look at Pringles now, I get a little sick. Um <laughs> I don't think I can do hot, hot dogs very well, dude. After, like, two hot dogs, I'm down. There's no way I'm getting... I don't think I could do 10. Like, these dudes are cracking 68, 70 now. I don't think I could do 10. (laughs) I don't think I could... Okay, I'll put it this way. I don't think I could keep 10 down. That's... Like, regular-sized hot dogs, dude, that's tough. Yeah. Okay, look, I'm not a big science guy. I'm not a a big... Or I don't understand the uh, dipping it in the water. Like, what, what does that help? I think it helps them, like, swallow it and digest it. It's utterly disgusting, dude. Watching them eat, like, the hot dog and then put the bread in the water is, is so gross. <laughs> I like the one guy that was, like, eating the hot dog, like, the bun separate from, like, the meat part. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's gross. Um, one of the things oh. I took away from the 30 for 30 was that, like, Kobayashi views this competitive eating as an art. And, like, I, I like guess that. more power to him, but, man, that's a very crude art, like, like, let me shove eight hot dogs in my face. Like well, you know, there's, like, other competitions. They do, like, they'll, like, eat onion rings. Like, oh, it's all kinds of stuff, dude. They do jalapenos. They do crystal burgers. They do all, they do watermelon. They do all kinds of stuff. How are these people skinny? But, do they expand their stomachs. Like, there is, like, a training regimen to it. Like, not to, like, go over the top and make these people sound like, I don't know, Usain Bolt or something. But, like, there is, a, there is like, some kind of training regimen. Like, they expand their stomachs. Like, Joey Chestnut, one of the things on 30 for 30, he, like, Pick breathes in air and then like pushes it out of his stomach. It, it was it was it was a weird thirty for thirty and it was very fascinating at the same time. Like I don't know whether to suggest people to watch it because it was one of the things where I finished it and I was like, I, I don't know what to think about that. Like what did I watch? <laughs> oh goodness! So eating. Yeah, I think I'm gonna watch it though. I think I'm gonna watch it on Thursday. I haven't watched okay. it live in years. Yeah, I don't think I have either. So because I just know gonna win. Um. Oh, the last thing I had was we've gotten a bunch of feedback on the conspiracy theory stuff, so I think we're going to have to add a conspiracy theory weekly segment. I'm in. I'm in. Can yeah, so instead of doing a whole show on it, let's just add, let's just take one bite at a time, and let's go, like, weekly. Okay. So maybe right. on a – I think Monday's the best to do this. So we have Mailbag Friday. We'll give people the weekend to do whatever you people do on a weekend – and maybe come up with some conspiracy theories, but you're gonna have to send them in ahead of time. Like there is yeah, gonna be, no, yeah, because we have to think on them too. Like I need time to like take in the theory, do some reading on it, like you know, let it let it ruminate for a bit. Like don't send us a 
a, a conspiracy theory on Monday morning or Sunday night and expect it to be sent. We need these ahead of time. But, man, we got to talking for, like, five minutes about conspiracy theories. And I got so many messages about... Uh, apparently, there's a lot of people that think Kelly and Keller don't exist. In yeah, that's a big thing. I, I You know... Look, like, all right, let's just keep this real for a second. I don't think either one of us wants to discuss 9-11 or us not landing on the moon. It's got to be lighthearted. I'll, I'll do the moon landing. I'm not doing, like, 9-11 or some of the harder-hitting stuff. Just the give moon me land, a... They landed on the moon, man. Well, you're always going to have that one guy that's like, okay, then why was the American flag blowing? There's no wind Oh, on the my like, God, it was a different type of flag because you couldn't put up a normal American flag on the moon. Moving on. I don't know. It's like, okay, guy. Like, yeah, exactly. So... Anyway, give us some light conspiracy theories because I'm interested to see what you people believe in now because I had so many people being like, where's the Helen Keller scholarship? No one in Alabama's heard of her. Where's the street? That's, that's the big thing with Alabama people is like, why is there nothing dedicated? That's where we should start on Monday is Helen Keller. And then I don't understand the milk thing. I had one uh, listener DM me and like put together, I don't know if I want to call this case compelling, but it had a lot of thoughts on why milk is bad for you. And I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a ton of thoughts on that. I, uh, <laughs> Like, I'm not drinking milk anymore. I read that at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning as I took an Uber back from uh, where we were going out on Friday night, and I was like, uh, this this is too much right now. I'm going to have to put this down. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I'm in on conspiracy theories, man. So, conspiracy theory on Monday. We'll do, like, a segment on it each Monday, I guess, is what the plan should be. There so, we go. if you're listening... Wednesday. Yeah. So, that way, we'll have Mailbag Friday and Conspiracy Theory Monday. Obviously, Conspiracy Theory is not going to be the entire show, but send them in, and then we'll pick maybe one or two at a time. So if we get, like, three or four, like, we'll have them saved. So, like, if you send it and it doesn't get read for a couple of weeks, well, I've, we, I've, got it, I've got it stored in the bank. So maybe we'll go from there on that. You, you don't have a clown of the week, do you? We used to do that. Uh, you know, that is another segment that didn't stick. I'm going to need to get in the back. So we'll, we'll start that one back up in football season because that usually comes from my travels. <laughs> So like once once we're back into the routine and the swing of things, there's not a whole lot going on right now. It is uh it is definitely the dead time. So we'll start that back up, but we'll go conspiracy theory. Um but yeah, I appreciate the feedback people are giving me, uh, whether it's related to conspiracy theories or not, because you know, we just added a segment. So, you know, this is this is the people show. We should probably get oh, this printed on T shirts. We should rebrand this as the people show. Yeah, that that was really good. I'm gonna have to I'm definitely not gonna write that down, but I'm gonna look into T shirts, baby. Um so that's about all I got for today, man. Uh, I'll let you go catch some sun on the beach. Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll, uh, uh, we'll get back at it Friday. Yeah, so it's Mailbag Friday. I will put annual reminder, you know, tweet me, text me, text, or no, don't text. If you have my number, text me. I'm not giving you my number. Um, Tweet me, email me, wherever you send your mailbag question, Snapchat, send it to me or Colin. Uh, we'll have Mailbag Friday. You're good for a podcast Friday? Is that yay or nay? Yeah, yeah. We'll just uh, probably be Friday morning-ish. Yeah, no, no, it'll be morning. I'm, I'm, we're not. I'm not calling you at eleven o'clock on Fourth of July because I. I'll, yeah. <laughs> so well, my I point being that, is, if, podcast, you, Mike, if, if you're in, we will have a podcast on Friday. It's basically I'm putting you on the spot on air. Yeah, look, man. Yeah, we will have one. But I'm telling you, if we did it Thursday night, we we, we would have some listeners. If, if you call me on Thursday night, and not just you, this is a collective you, anybody, I'm probably not answering. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah, so we'll be back at it on Friday. Um, continue on with your suggestions. I really appreciate the feedback. Um, I'm excited to kind of get through this dead period and get back into, you know, some real content and, and get into football season. Where so, are media days, by the way? Two weeks from this week. So we have we have this week, obviously, 4th of July, and then we have the next week, and then we're at media days. It's coming up quick. Yeah. 
Um, football season starting soon because we all know football season starts then. Yes, absolutely. And then we'll actually have some real content and some real stuff to get into. Football season is going to be awesome um, because we started this thing in basketball and then it divulged into baseball and then now it's nothing. Like football season is, uh, we're going to take flight. <laughs> so we're spread, our, spread our wings. Exactly. So for Colin Brister, he's going to go enjoy uh, some time on the beach. I am Brian Scott Rippey. The People's Podcast will be back on Friday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.